From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled edition of In Black and Right. We're still the new definition of com- color commentary, and we're starting off another fun-filled week of adventures in podcasting. I am a Jerry Brooks, your host, not just the baby-faced assassin of freedom, but also your tour guide through the severely alternative universe of Joe Biden's America that is so messed up that adjectives fail to really describe it. But uh, before we get into another fun-filled adventure today, you can uh, always get a hold of us via in black and right at gmail.com if you want to send us an email you can also check out our website in black and right dot net uh, certainly going undergoing some changes uh, we're adding more things to our online store uh, getting trying to get ready for the holidays it's been a little tricky uh, but we're still we're still going to definitely work on it and as a brief reminder We are 36 days until the most consequential midterm election, at least in my lifetime, and certainly in the lifetime of many others. So yes, we've still got work to do. And over the weekend, I was very honored to be invited to speak at my the Swanee County, Florida GOP get out the vote rally. <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, and uh, also, yeah, we had to deal with uh, the hurricane, uh, but we, at least in Swanee County, it didn't really have much of an impact. In fact, we pretty much dodged a bullet. Uh, but I had a wonderful time there. Uh, not quite as many people turning out as was hoped for, but I could understand the why. But I enjoyed myself nevertheless. Uh, we had ourselves a table uh, for the show, met a lot of pe- met some folks, shook hands, had a great time speaking to the people, and I want to thank uh, Sherry Ortega, the chairwoman of the Swanee County GOP here, uh, for her very gracious invitation. Uh, for me to come but it was going to be a busy day it was going to be a very busy day not just at the rally which i had a wonderful time but also saturday night was the trump rally in michigan and let me tell you it was another barn burner people everywhere just everywhere it it wasn't as big of a venue uh like a you know, like a stadium or whatnot, but there were still people who came inside, plenty of people outside with jumbotrons. It was another rock star type of thing. You know, it was definitely like a political concert, and yes, they had a lot of the speakers there uh, doing the the pre-rally before uh, President Trump comes. But I'll tell you what really interested me and the thing that i saw as a pattern 
uh, not just Tudor Dixon, who was Trump endorsed, who's running for governor and going after Gretchen Whitmer hard, which is pretty easy to do considering that woman and her thoroughly messed up attorney general, probably her gal pal, are taking Michigan and turning it into a cesspool and, well, hell a hole. I'm sorry, that was a little salty, but still. But one thing I, the thing that interested me when I saw a lot of the people who spoke, and a lot, and these were candidates, and also sitting members of Congress, there were, an, there were three black Republicans that I know of, that I saw, who were running in Michigan. Now, of course, if you're into groupthink, and the programming of the media, the Congressional Black Cuckoos, and others, well, you're not really black because you're Republican. How dare you? You're not real. And the people who say that, the black liberals who say that, are some of the most brain-dead, mind-numbed robots you could ever run across. Now, as an example, Christina Caramo, wonderful gal, She's running for Secretary of State there in Michigan. But as I've told people for years, black and conservative are not oxymorons and they are not mutually exclusive. When you've got people like Christina Caramo running for Secretary of State in Michigan, when you have John Gibbs running for the House in Michigan's 3rd Congressional, who in the primary beat a guy who's the son of a billionaire with all kinds of name recognition, and the white Republican rhino got beat by the black conservative. Oh, yeah, gotta love that. Uh, also watching the, the preliminaries of, of the rally, I saw uh, another, John James. Now, that's a name I hadn't heard in a while, but the last cycle, he ran for the U.S. Senate in Michigan. The man's a rising star. Rising star. He's Republican. He's black. He's a West Point graduate. Sir, he's an Army veteran. He's been a successful businessman. Articulate, strong on the issues, highly principled and sharp. And so now this election cycle, he's running for Congress in Michigan's 10th Congressional. And I'll tell you, I am constantly and pleasantly surprised. Uh, there happens to be a black Republican woman in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts who's running for Secretary of State as well. And I just thought to myself, oh my goodness, there's more of this that meets the eye. There are a growing number of black Republicans who are running all over the country. You've got Herschel Walker right now running for the Senate in Georgia against Raphael Warlock of Warnock. Well, anyway, it's pretty much interchangeable. So yeah, so there's that. But the wonderful surprise that I got going to this rally back on Saturday there is a candidate in my state Senate district, Senate uh, Florida Senate District 3, 
who's running, and he too is a black conservative. Not just a black conservative, but a guy named Corey Simon. Now, for all you football fans, especially you Philadelphia Eagles fans, that's a name you should recognize. Uh, Corey Simon, who I met, uh, you got a picture with him. I put it up on a lot of my social media. The man is amazing. Had a, He was an All-American standout at Florida State University on foot, playing football. Had himself a pretty darn successful career in the NFL. Uh, including getting a Super Bowl ring the year that the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. And now he lives in North Florida. He's done a lot of work uh, with kids. Uh, not Pop Warner football, uh, all kinds of education programs, volunteering for ver various things, running volunteer organizations. So yes, and yet... He was asked by Governor DeSantis if he would run for this Senate seat. Now, Florida went through redistricting like a lot of other places did. So, with this new redistricting, we have a new district for our state senator. And I think Corey Simon, listening to him speak, I mean, yeah, he's a big guy. He doesn't take a lot of crud, but he is probably one of the most approachable, likable people that I've run into. And he uh, spoke at the rally uh, that morning, and I thought, wow. So I'm hoping to get an interview with him soon uh, and put it on Rumble and put it uh, also here. So yes, it's going to be a whole lot of fun uh, with that, but yet... The Democrats still do not get it. They're not going to get it because they've done so much damage. Now, blacks are leaving the party, not at the same pace as Hispanics, but they're leaving, and it's mostly black men. And yet, here's Corey Simon, uh... Former NFL player, successful career, doing a lot of stuff for the good of communities here in North Florida. And yet, I see the attack ads for him. They just, they call him the, the usual names. They demonize him. They call him just this horrible person. He's extremist. It's like, the Corey Simon I met versus the Corey Simon who gets these attack ads are night and day. This, Corey Simon is not an evil person. He is not an extremist. He is a man of faith. Just like John James, not, uh, no, not John James. Oh, I believe he is as well, but John Gibbs in Michigan as well. Um, the man, John Gibbs is amazing. Uh, I've, I've seen him on, do interviews. The man is amazing, has a very, even keel and this is why i believe that not only did dr ben carson call him to work with him at uh at hud he's also dr carson a michigander as well as uh mr gibbs has endorsed him john gibbs has been endorsed by ben carson 
and Donald Trump. Now, that's pretty amazing. And when you hear some of the stories of these guys, like John Gibbs, he came from high tech. He came from the tech world. He, was, he has degrees from Stanford and Harvard. So the guy is all kinds of scary smart. And he's also, but he also left the business world and became a missionary to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he did it in Japan. And he speaks either fluent or near fluent Japanese. I mean, I took Japanese, but it's like, could I converse with the man? Absolutely not. He is that smart. And one of the other benefits of getting a guy like John Gibbs into Congress, he's a tech guy, a real tech guy, who did very well in it. So dealing with issues of big tech and censorship and all of that, he it would be right up his alley, right in his bailiwick. So yes, I, I love people like that, but I find it amazing that the way the country is going to get back on right on the right track, it's the minorities. Not just blacks, but also, for sure, Hispanics. Hispanics are absolutely driving the Democrat Party all kinds of nuts because they're hemorrhaging support from them. And, these, and it's the issues that everybody else, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, these are the issues that they care about. And the big three, I mean, some would say two, but I would say three. The big three, illegal immigration, out-of-control inflation, and rampant crime. Because this whole defund the police nonsense, and I keep telling people, especially woke white folks, who don't have a clue or don't want to get a clue, and the sad part is some of them actually call themselves Christian. That's the real scary part. I tell them, who do you think is going to get the short end of the stick on this? It's minorities, which basically makes you nothing more than a bunch of woke white folks who don't get it and don't want to get it. And they hate it when I am that brutal. But that's the truth. That is the truth. And that is what's going to happen every single time. I mean, you look at cities, New York. Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. The crime is crazy. And what's even crazier now, when I looked at some of the most recent crime statistics, the, the murder capital of the United States right now, per capita, it's not Chicago. It's not New York. It's not Baltimore. Of all places, it's New Orleans. New Orleans. I'm like, wow. I mean, I know New Orleans could be pretty wild at times, but per capita with that being really the top city for homicides in the country, I'm like, oh yeah, that's really going to go over with black folks. Absolutely. It's going to go over real big, especially in the Lower Ninth Ward and the Fifth Ward, stuff like that. I mean, those are some rough areas. And the poor New Orleans Police Department, God help them, because you got a mayor there 
who is essentially the female version of Ray Nagin. And Mr. Chocolate City. Oh, yeah. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. But speaking of Ray Nagin. Now, Ray Nagin was the mayor during Katrina. He eventually ended up in a federal prison for corruption and bribery charges. But Florida now, as Hurricane Ian has left the state, it's already hit the Carolinas, South Carolina, some parts of North Carolina, and it's not really in the news anymore. But the one person who really is in the news is my beloved governor, Ron DeSantis. Now, already, and I warn people, you wait for the mainstream media to start attacking Governor DeSantis now that we're in the recovery phase, and we have sadly and tragically have had fatalities. Some 75, 76 people uh, who died in the most, effective, the most affected areas down in south, southwest Florida. And yes, that is tragic. But now they're going to try to say, and, and they already are, that somehow DeSantis didn't do enough. He didn't do enough. And no, these people died. I want to take people like that who are so whiny and just seriously smack them upside the head because you've got a serious case of stupid. Now, you want to talk about comparing apples to oranges? I'll give you a great example and, uh, and what real leadership looks like. New Orleans, after Katrina, I mean, I saw the pictures every single day. New Orleans because of the levees that broke and all the water that came in from the Mississippi River, the Gulf of Mexico, and Lake Pontchartrain, turned New Orleans, the Big Easy, into the world's largest toxic swimming pool. And you had nearly, when it was all said and done, almost 1,400 people dead. Now that is a major league tragedy. Now Ian hits the Gulf Coast of Florida. And it was nearly an, a Cat 5. Maybe like Cat 4.5. Something like that. And the fact that Governor DeSantis and his leadership, 80% of people as of today who had their power out have got it back, fully restored. 80% of those. And believe me, that's all big number. It is essentially well over a million. Well over a million, probably two million. But still, they have their power back because of the smarts of Governor DeSantis, the hard work, the Herculean task of power companies like Florida's two main utilities are Florida Power and Light and Duke Energy. And they had tens of thousands of their people there. And not just Floridians. People came from Alabama, from Tennessee, linemen in their utility trucks, helping out the people of Florida. Wow, what a deal. That's pretty crazy. But you gotta love it, though. I mean, this and, they, and many of them were already pre-staged in key positions 
in key locations, very strategic locations. Along Interstate 75, I can tell you, I saw convoy after convoy after convoy of utility trucks, of National Guard units bringing generators, bringing water, bringing necessary supplies to help the folks down there in those hard-hit areas like Fort Myers, Naples, Port Charlotte, Sarasota, and others. Now, of course, everybody was concerned about Tampa because that seemed to be the target, but before it made landfall, it followed a certain track, it changed course ever so slightly, and Tampa did get hit. They did get affected, but not full on. Now, yes, the, the a lot of the water out of Tampa Bay got sucked out, but it's coming back now that the storm's gone. They even played the football game last night between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on, uh, on last night, and they played it there in Tampa. So apparently... They got enough done to make the field ready for the game, and they didn't have to go somewhere else. So that certainly uh, that certainly helps. But yet, here we have people going after Governor DeSantis because, well, because he's an effective leader, number one. He is the best damn governor in the country. Pardon my French, but still... Yeah, sometimes I get a little salty, but yes, we have a real governor who's a real leader who wasn't going to allow even the media to play their political games. I I love it a few days ago when some way out whack, left field whack job reporter was trying to politicize it, the whole situation, and Governor DeSantis cut him off cold threw him into a wood chipper, not literally, but he took his question and his nonsense and just absolutely just tore it up. I'm like, thank you, Governor DeSantis. This is why I love Florida. And even though, yes, we do get storms, but I pretty much intend to be here for the rest of my days. And, and I love it. I absolutely love it. But yes, they're still going to be doing that. And so don't be surprised, my you know, for all the DeSantis fans and my fellow Floridians, don't be surprised by this. Do not be surprised by what the media will tell you, and especially people like The View, the shrews of The View. I These women just give a bad rep to women everywhere because they are deranged, some of them incredibly psychotic, or just plain nuts. They need their they need their medication adjusted, or at least get on medication to begin with, because these are not reasonable, sane people. They are savage. Absolutely full-on savage. So yeah, I, I don't listen to them. We've got a great governor. And he's doing his job. Yay, happy. Um, also noticing, today being October the 3rd, the first Monday in October, 
The Supreme Court is now back for a brand new session of the court with Katanji Brown Jackson as its newest justice. The, the justice who has no idea what a woman is and she is a woman and she's, well, I'm not a biologist. If that's your excuse, just consider this, my friend. She's going to be on the court for the next maybe 25 to 30 years, maybe more. Consider that. This is the brain power that people like Joe Biden appoint to the high court. And they've got a lot of big cases coming forward. And yet, she's going to be the one of the votes. Now, this, this does not make you a little nervous, a little anxious, or just outright scared. Then something's wrong with you. Because it scares me. And the fact that she is a the first black female on the court, not the first black on the court, because the main, and some idiots in the mainstream media actually said that. You know, they were intellectually lazy and they needed to apologize to Clarence Thomas and Thurgood Marshall. They were, the, Thurgood Marshall was the first black American on the court. Clarence Thomas was the second and now you've got the first black female in Katanji Brown Jackson, but they didn't celebrate it back in those days, you know, in the, especially in the time of Thurgood Marshall. When Clarence Thomas was, was nominated to the high court, they just wanted to absolutely tear him to shreds, and they used Anita Hill to do it, and she couldn't get the job done. And I'm very grateful for Justice Thomas's 31 years on the high court. I pray that he has a good long life and that he can help get this country back on track. But there are some real interesting cases that are going before the high court, especially a case out of North Carolina, my beloved home state, that deal with the power of state legislatures uh, and, and as far as the election. Now, for the dingbats out there who don't pay attention or never study the Constitution, it is state legislatures and state legislatures only, and it is constitutionally backed up, that make rules and everything regarding election laws and election rules. Now, the goofy leftists will try to say, oh, oh no, they're going to overturn the election. They're over. Yo, no, no, no. And especially when there are current candidates for Secretary of State, Republicans, and a fair amount of them are America First, who are being portrayed as, oh, they're going to change laws and they're going to make laws that are. I was like, no. No, these are idiots as well as just way too hyperbolic and hyperventilating over a lie. State, secretaries of state do not, I repeat, do not make election law. That is the job of the respective state legislatures to make law. What secretaries of state do are enforce election law. 
That's what their job is. And this case, it is not judges. It is not election officials who make these decisions. And the whole thing with COVID and mail-in ballots and, you know, you had the 2,000 mules, which makes one heck of a case uh, about uh, voter fraud and ballot box stuffing, Zuckerbucks and everything else that went wrong in 2020. But still, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Are they going to uphold the constitutional right of state legislatures or are they going to try to federalize elections keep everything in dc try to overrule an unconstitutional uh are going to rule by an unconstitutional law that was voted by congress no they can't do that it's going to, this is why the case is going before the supreme court do state legislatures still maintain their constitutional right to make election law or they don't? That's the question that's going to have to be answered. And I sincerely hope they can actually get this right because, frankly, all the shenanigans going on, and like I said, we are 36 days away from the election, and the Democrats across the country are now having to go into, or at least will soon be going into, cut and run. Because they're not going to win majorities. Now, there are some seats that they may be able to save, and they're going to put money into those candidates. Others, they're just going to just say, we're done, sorry, no more money. Because money is a finite resource whether I wish the Federal Reserve would have figured that out but they know the Democrats know the mainstream media knows they are about to get several anatomical parts handed to them on November the 8th and in the speech I gave over the weekend I told the folks who were assembled November 8th is simply the beginning it's simply the beginning. And we got to get through that. Then we get to January when the new Congress is seated. So yeah, that's, that's phase two. And the GOP needs to really start, get, especially the establishment types, get your head out of your butts. And you need to realize the people that sent these candidates to Congress better do what their constituents want. Otherwise, get ready for a 2024 bloodbath in reverse. It's going to be a political bloodbath for Democrats, but if the Republicans don't do their dang job and keep their commitments to the country, you're going to see the same thing on your side of the aisle come 2024 and that's something that President Trump does not need. Period. Get over it, folks. My lord. Ugh. Well, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit of economics, my friends. It's pretty wild. 
uh, going on right now because last Friday, September 30th, was not only the end of the third quarter, it was also the end of the government's fiscal year. And believe me, we, the, the real fun hasn't even started because as we're waiting for the for the numbers to come out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics about inflation, about the third quarter. Yes, and there are definitely a lot of folks who are expecting another quarter of negative economic growth. So it's going to make the Biden administration and all of his mental midgets and the mainstream media, well, okay, if you have three straight negative quarters of economic growth hmm is that a recession uh that that's going to be funny to see if they can actually try to talk their way out of that one it's going to be hilarious but yet my friends we've got all kinds of things going on economically i mean we're we're just kind of waiting to see how bad it is but if what i've been reading today has been any kind of an indicator oh mercy stand by ladies and gentlemen it's going to get ugly and they don't need news like that some 35 36 days before an election because this is going to be a different kind of october surprise and it's not going to be good for the Democrats. Now, of course, they're going to try, you know, to manipulate the numbers. I, I think Mark Twain said it best. There are lies, damn lies, and statistics. But yes, because of higher costs and slowing demand, the housing industry is expected to see housing prices are expected to take a nosedive because of that higher costs for uh for interest rates home mortgages up again i mean i think it's pushing either seven percent or really close so yes that my friends is not going to be fun Ugh. and slowing demand that's another big one another big one because if you're not if things aren't moving i mean nobody's taking out loans for houses you can't really take out a refi for a house because of current interest rates closing costs and so on and so forth so yeah it's more expensive to buy a house and this is going to directly affect home values so yeah it's going to be pretty messed up for a while and especially if you have lower housing prices you're not going to be able to get quite as much when you have prop local and county property taxes because you're not going to be able to collect much there if the value of your home has gone down I'll give you a great example. In Portland, Oregon, where I lived for many years and I still have family there, including my mom. 
housing costs, especially housing prices are going down, not just because of the economy. You know, no, no, that's definitely there. But because of homelessness, the quality of living, the cost of living, and public safety concerns because Portland is a sanctuary city and it has defunded its police bureau. Yay. Thank you, brain-dead Ted Wheeler, for taking your hometown and turning it into a big honking cesspool. And people can't deal with it. Even leftists and liberals can only handle so much when you have crime, drugs, everything. Homelessness, people who have real issues with substance abuse, with alcohol, mental illness. It's the same for everywhere. Not just big cities, but even communities like the one I live in. We have to deal with drugs. We have to deal with sexual assaults, human trafficking, and especially a state like Florida. Oh yeah, just dump them all over here. No biggie. No, 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 no. That's just plain straight up crazy. I mean, and, and all of this economic news, I mean, not just with housing, we're getting hit. A great, uh, another example of this, Stanley Black & Decker, the company that makes power tools, they are announcing that they're going to have to cut some 200 million, 200 plus million dollars in expenses, which is, the translation to that is, they're going to have to lay off hundreds of employees. They're just going to have to. And it's going to come to other companies. Stanley Black and Decker has been on a nosedive as far as earnings and everything else. With inflation, with supply chain issues, demand for products, it's just forget it. And they have, and businesses are going to have to sadly cut their costs if they want to stay in business which is going to mean an awful lot of an awful lot of layoffs big companies small companies and everywhere in between they're if they want to stay in business they're going to have to uh, they're gonna to have to let people go they're gonna to have to lay off folks so thank you Joe Biden let's go Brandon oh <laughs> And uh, a little bit of, uh, I, I, well, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. Uh, I believe uh, it was over the weekend. I think it was, uh, you know, Friday, maybe Saturday, that Let's Go Brandon became the battle cry for a nation. It became an anthem to tell Joe Biden and all those who support him what they thought about him. And I'll tell you, I mean, people uh, people made fun of that, but I say, hey, you know, I'd like to take a moment, just go back to the, uh, to the groove yard, to borrow a limboism, the groove yard of forgotten favorites. So let's have a little bit of a sort of walk down memory lane with Let's Go Brandon.
remember what the saying means I mean I remember when it first really caught fire I mean hearing it at college football games big huge stadiums and I thought oh man that is pretty dang crazy <laughs> you know I mean it was usually the F Joe Biden uh, that started out, but then came the Let's Go Brandon, which was quoted by an NBC sports reporter, a young woman who essentially wanted to cover up big time for Joe Biden. And a phenomenon was born. I mean, you've had a couple of rap artists who've turned Let's Go Brandon into successful raps. In fact, I met one of them, uh, Bryson Gray, uh, who came up with his version of Let's Go Brandon. I, I met him earlier this year in Orlando. And nice guy, got a picture with him and everything. Uh, just fun to hang, it, it was just fun to meet somebody like that at a place like CPAC. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But yes, this is, let's go Brandon, this is F. Joe Biden. I mean, heck, I even saw the videos on social media, folks down in South Florida with their F. Uh, F Joe Biden flags out in those nasty winds. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness. I mean, it was funny, but it's like, no, you don't take risks like that when you're dealing with a Cat 4 hurricane. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay, you kind of made yourself famous, but, but hopefully not at the expense of you getting injured or, God forbid, killed. That's just not fun, but we're going to be doing a lot of this this week. We're going to be getting into uh, the Brazilian elections, which is going to be real interesting on that one because now they're having to go to a runoff and they're suspected fraud down in Brazil. It's a very important election they're, because people are seeing, the communist Chinese have seen what's going on in Europe. They've seen what's gone on in Sweden. They saw what happened in Italy with Georgia Maloney. I, and yet they don't want this. They don't want to lose Brazil or, I mean, or anywhere in South America, to be perfectly honest. So yes, we've got a lot going on, and I'll be getting into it this week, uh, throughout the week. There's other things as well that really just make me truly annoyed, but uh, thank you so much, though, for this supersized edition, really, or this extra-large edition of In Black and Right. Uh, I wish I had more time, but I don't want to 
take up too much out of people's day. But believe me, we are going to be back. We're going to be dealing with a lot of subjects this week as we get ever closer to November the 8th. And again, if you want to get the audio version of our podcast, you can. we're on all the platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. Just type in the name in black and right. Or type in my name, Jerry Brooks, and look for our flaming microphone and subscribe and follow us. And tell your friends. That's something else we also ask. Also for our website, our online store, we're going to be getting ready for the holidays and have a few things on there that we can add for the holidays. And it's going to be fun. Uh, Add a few more things. Can't do too many but it's all right. We're going to be uh, just fine. And I once again remind you folks, November 8th is just the beginning. Stay focused. Stay on target. Stay resolved to go and do your thing. Now, there are some states that have already gotten, in, gotten started with early voting. And for all the America First folks, you know, vote early. Or if you're going to vote on Election Day, that's great. Just please, oh please, oh please, whatever you got to do, make sure your vote is cast, make sure your voice is heard, and make sure that all legal votes are counted. So take care of yourselves, everybody. God bless. Have yourself a great week. And remember, patriots come in all colors.